um, Gary was uh, painting for us a picture, uh, an image of the uh, bologna sandwich and the picnic lunch and fried chicken. And then we talked about Joe Curley. And uh, Joe Curley is, uh, is a teacher at the school where Janet is uh, principal. And uh, every year they have a fundraiser. And um, the, the fundraiser, they, they have uh, gifts or baskets or whatever, and they do an auction. They auction off these things. And every year, Joe Curley, uh, uh, is her gift that is auctioned off is a fried chicken dinner. And uh, Gary was talking about fried chicken and how good it smells, how good it tastes. And she knows how to make fried chicken and everything that goes with it. And so I can't tell you how many years uh, Janet has gotten the bid for Joe Curley's home-cooked fried chicken meal. And we've eaten Joe Curley's fried chicken. And she is uh, she is quite a character, and and uh, but uh, I thought about as as Gary painted that picture and talked about fried chicken, and all of a sudden we're talking about Joe Curley, and I'm like, wow, those two things go together really well. So, painting images, seeing things, uh, seeing pictures in our mind, God has given to all the grand picture through the Word and 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 by His Word of the hope that we have for the forgiveness of sin and reconciliation with the holy and righteous God through the person and the work of His Son, Jesus Christ. And the image that He gives us in His Word and the picture that He paints for us in regards to that is that His grand plan and His grand scheme is salvation for everyone. His desire is for everyone to be saved. His, his grand scheme of things is that none would be lost. That is God's desire. He doesn't want anyone in this world to be lost and condemned eternally to hell. And that grand picture begins all the way back with God's stroke of the brush and the masterpiece that He began to develop all the way back in the very beginning of God's Word. In the very beginning of God's Word, in the book of Genesis, and if you have your Bibles and you want to turn there with me this morning, He begins to paint a picture for us in the garden. And as it begins in this garden, we will see that it continues to another garden, a third garden, and on from there. The very idea of the picture of His story painted throughout the history of mankind. There are times that it is amazingly beautiful and incredible and beyond comprehension. There are times that it is dark and horrid and unimaginable. And every image and every thought and every emotion in between. But in the final analysis of God's Word and the image that He gives us of His plan for mankind, it is most of all hopeful. There is hope that we can be forgiven and that we can be saved. And as we see His story unfolds, it leads us to a garden. It begins there. It leads us to another garden. It leads us to death and to life everlasting. 
And so Genesis, as we turn together this morning uh, in, in the book of Genesis chapter 2, I want to read just a few verses, a couple of excerpts from that chapter, beginning, if you would, in verse 7. Then the Lord God formed man of dust from the ground, and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living being. And the Lord God planted a garden toward the east in Eden, and there he placed the man whom he had formed. And out of the ground the Lord God caused to grow every tree that is pleasing to the sight and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden. And the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So here's the first garden. God creates mankind. And in creating mankind, He creates the garden. And He places man in the garden. And He gives them everything that He needs to live and survive and to thrive and to have life. And in the midst of the garden, it says there are two trees. One is the tree of life. The other is the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And if we read on the text, the Scripture says that God instructed man that he should not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. I think that's interesting. There are two trees in the midst of the garden. One of them, he says, you shall not eat of. The other, he doesn't give that instruction. He doesn't give that limitation. He he doesn't give that withholding of the tree of life. Because God has designed man to live life. God has designed man to fellowship with him. He's designed him, the the Scripture indicates that they walked in the garden, they talked in the garden, they fellowshiped in the garden with one another. And as we see that beginning to unfold, and we see God working in His life and, 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 and the life of Adam and Eve, and the fellowship that they had with one another, the first image or the first picture in the first garden that I want us to see is people living with God in God's presence. People living with God in God's presence. He created Adam. He created Eve out of Adam. And He placed them in the garden and gave them everything that they needed. He allowed Adam. I want you to begin to, to just, sometimes I think we forget the image of what's going on, of how He placed them in the garden in the life. He gave them everything they needed. He had every beast of the field, every bird in the air, every animal that had been created to come before Adam and Adam named them. I want you to get, get the idea of that for just a moment. Here comes a lion. How terrifying is a lion? How afraid are we of their power and their fierceness? And yet, in the image that we have, this lion walks up to Adam. Adam takes a look at it. At this point, it doesn't have a name. We don't know what it is. But Adam looks at it and says, Lion. Think about that for a moment. Think about what life must have been like. There was no fear. I'm not afraid of that lion. I'm not afraid of that tiger. I'm not afraid of that bear. I'm not afraid of any of these things because God has placed me here and God has given them in this garden and in this place and everything that we need to live life. 
and there is no fear. He didn't cower from the lion. He didn't run from the tiger. He didn't try to escape the bear. He stood there as they approached them, and he looked at them, and he gave them a name. Think about the harmony. Think about the peace. Think about the absence of fear and the pure joy of their existence in life that God had given them that they were living with God and in God's presence. Everything was granted to them. Man was created to to look like God. The Scripture says that God said, let us create man in our image. And so man was created to look like God. Man was created to love like God. Think about the love and the peace and the harmony that man had in his initial existence in the garden. There was no fear. There was no hatred. There was no anger. None of the things that we deal with in our world today, those things were absent. There was no presence of those things in the world. And so man was created to look like God in his image. He was created to love like God. And he was created to live with God. Man was designed by God to be a part of his master plan, his masterpiece, fellowship with him. We know that that after man's sin, the scripture says that, that God came to the garden and that he was looking for Adam and Eve and they were hiding themselves. And I want you to think about what the scripture says. He says there, he says, hey, hey, Adam, where are you? And he said, well, I heard you in the garden. Think about that for a moment. He was in the garden and he heard God. He was familiar. He knew it wasn't a bear, it wasn't a lion or a tiger or anything else. He knew it was God. Because he had fellowship with God and he communicated with God. And they lived together in harmony in the garden. What a fellowship he had. What a blessing he experienced that he lived with God and in God's presence. That was how God began. That was the the creation that He made. And, And as we look at that creation and we look at what God had done and we look at the design He had given, man had every opportunity to live forever, the tree of life, not restricted, not 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 withheld, the tree of life and everything they needed to live was provided. The one thing that could happen to alter the circumstance and the situations was the fact that God, when He created man, created us with the ability to choose. When He created us, He said, let us create man in our image, indicating what? He had a choice of how to create us. He created us any way He wanted. Let us create man in our image, is what He said. And so creating us in His image, He also created us with the ability to choose. Man had the ability to choose. And God said, of everything else in the garden, it's yours except this one tree. The tree of knowledge and good and evil. And He said, don't partake of it. In the day that you do, you will surely die. Man had a choice. Enter the masterpiece of God's image that He is giving us, the picture that He is painting of His story, 
enter Satan. And Satan tempts man, and he lies to man, and he deceives man. And in regard to that, man, with the free will that God had given him, made a choice. And it was the wrong choice. It was a choice that devastated all that God had done. The masterpiece that he was painting, the plan that he had put together, everything that he had done, in one moment, man chose, and he chose wrong. Brings us to the second image that God paints in his story. And that is a story of people living without God in God's presence. People living without God in God's presence. If you're there in Genesis still, just flip over a few pages to chapter 3. And we want to just read one verse there that helps us to understand that. Therefore the Lord God, verse 23, sent him out from the Garden of Eden to cultivate the ground from which he was taken. And so he drove the man, verse 24, I'm sorry, 23 and 24, man out. And at the east of the Garden of Eden, he stationed a, cher- a cherubim, cherubim and the fl- flaming sword, which turned every direction to guard the way to the tree of life. What a choice man made. What a change in the direction of what God had planned. God had purposed and God had created. Remember, initially the only restriction was the the restriction from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. But now because of man's choice, he is also restricted from the tree of life. And God expelled man from the garden. And he placed protection so that man could not return to the garden and could not partake of the tree of life and live eternally. And so death entered the world. Death came and man is living without God in God's presence. Here's what I want you to always remember about this. And it's true of us in life each and every day. God never moved. God was always the same. Man was expelled from the garden because of his choice. God was still there. God was still present. But man was now living without God because his choice and his sin has caused a a break in fellowship, uh, a, a division between us and God because we had chosen to do what he had instructed us not to do. We had disobeyed his instruction for life and that disobedience and that sin separates us from him. The fellowship did not exist any longer. The communication that had been so open and so free, I heard you in the garden, he said. That fellowship that they had shared, it was now broken. It was gone. Man and God, while God was still present, man was now living without God. We know that God was still there and is still there, but every changed and the change that took place was this is that man could no longer look like God because man now had sinned God had created man to look like him 
let us create Him in our image. Man could no longer love like God because man now had sin in his heart and he had fear in his heart and he had anger in his heart and he had hatred in his heart. He had blame in his heart for someone else. This woman that you gave me, he said. Blaming God and the woman for his sin. Suddenly he didn't love like he had loved before. He didn't love like God any longer because new feelings and new emotions and new thoughts were in his life. We hid ourselves in the garden because we were naked and we were ashamed. Something, a new new emotion they'd never felt before. A new experience they'd never had before. Suddenly things changed. They could no longer look like God. They could no longer love like God. And they could no longer live with God. Everything that he had planned, everything he had designed, suddenly changed because of a choice that man made. The wages of sin is death. The cost and the consequences of sin is death. And death is separation from God. It is a spiritual death and it is a physical death. That we in this life are dying, every one of us. It's a part of the life that we live, is that we are headed toward. If the Lord tarries and does not return, we are all headed toward the grave. That's our ultimate destination in this life. And that result of life or consequences in life is because of the sin of man. That we can no longer look like God. We can no longer love like God. And we can no longer live with God. Sin had robbed man of everything good that God had given us. And sin had sentenced man to death. This is why God sent His Son Jesus into this world to live a pure and sinless life. To be the perfect, ultimate sacrifice for our sins. So that He could redeem us to Himself. Remember, He created us to look like Him. He created us to love like Him. He created us to live with Him. And that's His desire. It has been His desire from the very beginning. That desire never changed. What changed was us. Because of our choice, because of our sin, because of our disobedience, that relationship changed and the destination changed and the destiny changed because of what we chose to do. And so then, with the offering of Christ Jesus and His death on the cross, there comes another garden. From the Garden of Eden to the Garden of Gethsemane. And from there... A garden tomb. John chapter 19. If you want to flip there with me in the New Testament Scripture. John chapter 19. Just one verse. Verse 41. And it says this. Now, in the place where he was crucified, there was a garden. In the Garden of Eden. To the Garden of Gethsemane. And now we're, we're at a garden. And in the garden, a new tomb. In which no one had yet been laid. And Jesus is placed in a borrowed tomb in a garden. Jesus is buried there in a garden tomb, began at the Garden of Eden, from the Garden of Gethsemane to the garden tomb. 
the transition and the image and the painting of God and His masterpiece of life and God's intent for man, man's disobedience and sin and the consequences and the penalty of sin and God's solution for that through His Son Christ Jesus to redeem us again unto Himself. It brings us this morning to the third and final thing. The image of people living with God forever in God's presence. The image of people living with God forever in God's presence. If you want to flip over with me to Revelation chapter 21. Revelation chapter 21 beginning in verse 3. Listen to these words. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men. And he shall dwell among them, and they shall be his people. Did you see the transition? We were removed from the presence of God. We started in the presence of God. But because of sin, we were removed from the presence of God. And now listen to what he says. And he says, Behold, the tabernacle of God is among men, and he shall dwell among them in his presence again. Full circle, where we started and where we will end. And he will, will uh, dwell among them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be among them. Now listen to verse 4. And he shall wipe away every tear from their eyes, and there shall, be, be no longer, there shall no longer be any death, and there shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain. The first things have passed away. A new heaven and a new earth, and a new garden gives us a new hope. A hope that says, yes, God intended us to, to look like Him, to love like Him, to live with Him. Our choice of sin and disobedience separated, from us, separated us from Him and ended those desires at that moment in time. God desiring to still fulfill that now we can no longer look like Him. We can no longer love like Him. We, we can no longer live with Him because of sin and its separation. Sent His Son to reconcile, to redeem, to purchase us back, to pay the price so that we could be His again. The garden tomb and the, gar, the garden of Gethsemane and the garden tomb, the price was paid. And now He sets the stage for the final image that when He returns, He will live and dwell among us. We will once again be in fellowship with Him for all eternity. And He says He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There'll be no more mourning. Remember where He started? There was no fear. There was no anger. There was no embarrassment or shame. There, none of those things existed in the beginning. They only came to the world because of man's sin. When God returns in His glory and when we become a part of His kingdom for all eternity, all of those things will be gone again. We will return to that, that euphoria of the initial garden. No more tears, no more mourning, no more pain, no more sorrow, and no more separation from God. And the only way that that can happen is if you and I will repent of our sins if we will confess Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior, invite Him into our hearts and ask Him to forgive us of our sins, to cleanse us from all unrighteousness and allow us to be His children.
obeying the gospel plan of salvation on the day of Pentecost, they were pierced in their hearts and they said, what do we do about this? And he said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins and to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And when we have done that, and we have experienced His forgiveness, then we have the hope that there will come a day that we will live again in the presence of God and we will look like God and we will love like God and we will live with God for eternity. That's the message of hope for our hearts and that's the message of hope that we need to share with the world. So this morning, as we offer an invitation hymn,